You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Everybody and welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, a Joshi Pro Wrestling podcast. We cover everything about Joshi Pro Wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Taylor Mayberg. How are you doing, Taylor? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. You know, the past few episodes we've uh, covered, there hasn't been a ton of news, but things are starting to get back to normal, and there's a lot of news to cover, and, and we're doing two classic stardom shows, so a lot to talk about. Yeah, it is exciting. I'm like, I'm always excited to do the show and talk to you, Taylor, but there was a a rejuvenation. I felt, you know, something building inside of me to talk about on this show. Very exciting. That's it. That's it. I guess you have nothing else to add on that. That's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, be I'm ready. I'm ready to get to it. I'm ready. Uh, to, I'm ready to, you know. Okay. That makes sense. Let me get the plugs out of the way. Find us on Twitter at J audio. I swear to God, as things ramp back up, we're going to tweet more. I tweeted. I tweeted this week. You did. You tweeted about what we're going to talk about on <laughs> one this tweet, show? One tweet. But one tweet is more than zero tweets, and we had zero tweets a week before. So, it's, In fact, it's 100% more. Or it's like, no, it's in, almost infinity. <laughs> that's right. It's infinity percent more. So that's good. I do a lot of tweets at Aaron Like the Car. You can find me. Taylor does very few tweets at T-A-M-A-I-M-B-O. You haven't come up with that song yet, have you? I haven't. I really... Man. It's there's almost like a um, old McDonald. <laughs> I kind of want to do. Tay I am I don't know. That's not going. Anywhere. Okay, work on work on it. I should work on it like between shows, not on the air, <laughs> not on the show during the show. Yeah. Well, you know, subscribe to the show so that you can hear my ultimately finished product of the Tay Mambo song. You can search. 
Jumping Bomb Audio on the podcast app of your choice, or subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and get us along with all the other shows on the network. If you're using the Apple Podcast app, I'd appreciate if you give us a rating and review. I'm sure there are people out there looking for Joshi podcasts who may not know about us, so help us out there. And if you want to donate to the show, you can go to redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. Just a an easy way to give back to your good friends who do podcasts for you every other week. Also want to throw in a plug. Taylor is going to be on the next episode of Wrestling Omakase with John Carroll. And I understand you're going to be talking about some Joshi matches there. Yes, we're doing a five. We're, I'm doing it as part of their five-match series, uh, and we are talking about a number of different Joshi matches from different companies and different eras. Uh, just recorded that recently. It's I had a super fun time, so check. Uh, look out for that. I believe it should be dropping, according to John, dropping on the same day as this, so a double dose of Joshi. Oh no, we should have planned that out better. <laughs> to check out. Well, it happens. Uh, and if you like Joshi, you get a little bit extra of it. So it's a great episode. We had a, I had a lot of fun. So look out for that. I need to watch some matches because I'll definitely listen to the episode. But I feel like I should watch what you're going to talk about. Yeah, and they're all uh, easily available. They're on the uh, Wrestling Omakase Twitter, which is Russell Omakase. Um, and you can all very easily, most of them are on YouTube. Uh, one is on New Japan World and one is on Daily Motion. So very easy to find and watch. So check it out. And if you're already subscribed to the Wrestling Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, you'll get that episode of Omakase along with this show. So congratulations, friends. All right, let's get right into the news. Stardom appears to have canceled all their shows in June. The next show that's on the schedule is on July 24th. Rossi Ogawa, the, I think, CEO of Stardom, also tweeted today that they tested everyone. It may have just been the antibody test. Everyone, uh, according to him, passed the test, which I think is a funny way of putting it. And there will be an announcement soon on when Stardom will return with shows. Yeah, it's very interesting. They, they Unless I missed something, I didn't see an official announcement that they had canceled those June shows. But if you go on their calendar on their website, all of the June shows are listed as canceled. Um, You know, it makes sense with everything that's gone on that they would take a little bit longer break than some of the other promotions that are returning. But uh, it is good news that everyone got tested. Uh, Donna Del Mundo, uh, that group had a group photo of them all going to get tested. So that was happening in the last few days. It's good that they were all negative. I guess it was good that they were all negative for the antibodies uh, and that no one has had it. Um, And we will see, you know, don't know. They're sort of under the same umbrella as New Japan, which is returning imminently with some, at least with some no fan shows to start with. So it will be, um, Interesting to see what Stardom's plan is moving forward in terms of having shows, because I know people are eager for them uh, to return. I got the sense from the very short Rossi tweet that it's probably not going to be until July 24th. I expect we'll see something before then from Stardom. Yeah, I don't know if maybe they'll do another uh, No People show and put it on YouTube like they did originally back in March. I don't know. 
it's sort of an up in the air situation made even more up in the air by everything that's gone on in the last month uh, or so with Hanakamura. So it's sort of doubly um, hard to predict exactly what's going to happen, exactly what everyone's mindset, at least in stardom is, if not in Bushi Road proper. So I guess we will wait and see. I would imagine either way, by the time we record our next show, we'll probably know what is happening, whether it's shows happening soon or shows happening maybe in the beginning of July or maybe on that July 24th date. Pure J also announced that they are launching a streaming service, but at the same time, they will have some sort of relationship with independentwrestling.tv. Yeah, so it's a bit uh, confusing. We mentioned last episode this relationship between Independent Wrestling TV and Pure J. Independent Wrestling TV uh, appears to be trying to get a lot of these Japanese, these smaller Japanese promotions on their service. They have Sendai Girls. We reviewed that Sendai Girls show. They have Freedoms. They have uh, a lot of the Keigo Yoshino, who is a referee in Japan. A lot of his shows that he's produced are now on the service. They announced Big Japan, I think, this week. That was... Um, but they announced this Pure J relationship as of, um, I believe I checked yesterday. As of yesterday, I don't see any Pure J videos up on IWTV. Um, I believe when they first announced the, re- the partnership, they said at the beginning of June, those would be going up. I don't know if there's been a delay or if the reason that they have decided not to do this is because they've launched their own independent streaming service. They announced that recently. It's on, um, I believe it's called Film Filmly, uh, which is the same streaming service that YMZ uses. So it, um, there's no question about, you know, does it work? Is it reliable? Uh, I've been subscribed to the YMZ streaming service for quite a while. It's very easy to, to watch the videos. Um, the cost of that is 1,000 yen a month, which is about $9 uh, U.S., You can also rent um, the shows if there's only maybe one show you're interested in. Now, that is currently the shows are $10 each to rent. So the monetary sort of value isn't there. But if you're only interested in a single show and you don't want to have to worry about canceling your subscription or accidentally forgetting about it and being charged an extra $10, that's an option as well. I have not yet signed up. They only have one. They posted one show that they had. They had some small audience there. Um, So I haven't quite subscribed yet, but I do know from the YMZ streaming service that it is a very reliable streaming service. You'll get good video quality. It's very easy to use, very easy to sign up. So if you're interested, um, definitely would get my recommendation as a good streaming service. We're also seeing DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro resume shows with partial audiences. There was a a Tokyo Joshi Pro show yesterday, or I guess two days ago in Japan. Uh, So that's all getting started back up. Yes, and we'll uh, cover that. I didn't watch the entire Tokyo Joshi show, but I saw most of it um, just for time constraints. So we'll talk about that more in SparkNotes. But they are returning, and actually they had initially set – Uh, For some of their shows, I know for Tokyo Joshi, for example, next week they have a show on June 20th, I believe it is. They had originally set 
a restriction for 100 people. They sold 100 tickets, sold out very quick. But because Tokyo is continuing to open wider, they actually were able to add an additional 42 seats to that show. So they are opening. I know today I read that Tokyo had, um, I guess for them, what would be considered a spike. They had 47 cases reported today. Um, So I'm not sure whether that will become a trend where maybe some of this stuff gets reversed. We'll have to see. But for now, shows are starting to open, especially DDT, Tokyo Joshi, and that sort of umbrella of promotions that now exists. They are running shows with people, and they're getting bigger and bigger as the weeks go on. And Oz Academy is also starting shows back up uh, June 5th, June 12th, August. I'm sorry, July 5th, July 12th, August 9th. And then their big show in Yokohama Bunka on August 28th. Yeah, I think these were all shows that were already on the schedule. They were never canceled or postponed. So they're just sort of going to start in July running their, you know, the schedule they would have been running pre uh, lockdown. And that um, Yokohama Bunka show on August 28th is their big show of the year. They have it every August. It's usually got their biggest matches, uh, all the title matches. So we'll see if they use these first three shows back to set that up um, fairly quickly. But we'll see. But exciting that they are able to come back as well. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about, we really, I guess, don't know how much Joshi is going to be involved in this. So it may be something we never talk about on this show, but Ledette Entertainment and Kaz Hayashi are starting a new wrestling promotion. This fall, they were, of course, behind or uh, Wrestle One. Yes, there's some sort of Wrestle One um, connection there. There's been sort of the um, the joke going around Twitter that this is Wrestle Two. Um, and the only reason we really bring this up is because Wrestle One did have some Joshi involved. Uh, Hana Kimura was part of it. Asuka, uh, Reika Saiki um, were all part of it. It was a very small division. It was not a focus of the promotion. And it's very possible that this new promotion has no Joshi. But based on the Russell One, the past of Russell One, and sort of the connection to that, to this, it's certainly possible. So we just mentioned it, something to look out for and see as they sort of announce more of who's on the roster, when they're going to be running shows to see if they will have any women on the show. A show that's coming up, which I think is pretty fascinating in a lot of different ways. Uh, Makoto is having a produce show. It's going to be on Nico Pro. It's happening July 4th or July 5th. The semi-main event, Kaori Yonayama, Miyako Matsumoto, and Natsu Sumire in a three-way match. And in the main event... And this is, you know, relevant to me for uh, the other podcast I do. Asuka, Makoto, and Kaho Kawayashi versus Shuri, Hanako Nakamori, and Riho showing back up for the first time in a long time. Yes, Riho appearing, you know, the last few, I think the last month, I've, I have wondered where she is. I had no idea. I believe um, from what I've sort of read is that she returned to Japan Uh, Early on in this process, I think sometime maybe in March, because she was on AEW TV in February, I believe, um, was her last appearance. She returned to Japan 
thinking, I believe, that she would be on some stardom shows. And then, of course, stardom also shut down. So I think she's just largely been, I would guess, hanging out in Japan. Um, I thought that maybe she might appear at a Choco Pro show as a former Gato Move wrestler, but didn't happen for whatever reason. But it is exciting to see her back. Uh, she has been missed at this very, as you mentioned, a very interesting show, Nico Pro now producing, uh, not only airing wrestling, but producing their own wrestling. They have this, which is a Makoto produce, and they have a Hideki Suzuki uh, produce show, which is all men, but that's happening a few weeks before this. So pretty exciting to see Nico Pro getting involved in producing some fun wrestling shows. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like, she thought she'd go to Japan for a minute and it wouldn't be too bad. And, and then it turned out that she stuck there and the promotion that she's aligned with there had no shows. So uh, it's exciting to see Riho. I can tell you were excited because in the notes you have gone with all caps, Riho. Yes, because I wanted to emphasize, Riho, can you believe it, Riho? <laughs> uh, our last note here in the news is Nico Pro is going to have a new viewing window. You'll be able, I guess, to watch the show for three weeks after it is posted. Yeah, three weeks as opposed to one week, seven days, which is what it used to be, which is pretty great. You know, back when we were talking uh, exclusively current wrestling, we'd often talk about shows that were on Nico Pro, and, I, and Aaron or I would say, wow, this is a great match. You should go check it out. But it was a show on Nico Pro that had aired nine days ago, so you couldn't see it unless you could find it somewhere online. It's moved to three weeks which also prevents some of the, you know, sometimes Nico airs three or four shows all in a row that I want to see. And all of a sudden you've got seven days and you really feel the, the crunch of having to watch in that limited span. So it is exciting that they have moved to three weeks, give you a little bit more time to see the shows and maybe get some of these smaller promotions um, a little bit more exposure with the bigger viewing window. All right, we'll move into our Spark Notes section of the show. When this is like a usual show in normal times, we would have you know probably in-depth show reviews up top after the news, and then kind of do a few notes on some of the smaller shows that ran, you know, a match or two here and there. But things are a little different right now, and I think we're probably just both excited to talk about wrestling that's actually happening, and uh, that's what we do in the Spark Notes section. So Ice Ribbon ran on the 13th. The, uh, the big main event, Maya Yukihi and Suzu Suzuki. Uh, have you had a chance to watch this already? So I did watch it. Um, it, it was on their, um, the Ice Ribbon specific Nico channel, and it costs um, a little bit extra if you're a subscriber to the channel. Um, it costs 1,500 yen. If you're not a subscriber, it's 2,000 yen. Um, the difference is that if you're a subscriber, you're already paying that 500 extra yen. Um, they've been doing that with most of their shows now that people are starting to come back. They have very small audiences. This show was at, I believe, Yokohama Radiant Hall, where they had somewhere around 50 people or something like that. It was very hard to tell because the lights were very low. Um, it was very dark and... You know, with these shows coming back, a big emphasis for the fans has been no yelling. Um, usually in Japan, you can hear people making calls for their favorite wrestler. 
there isn't a lot of that going on for people's safety. So in a way, this show still sort of felt like a no-person show. Um, I could see sort of the outlines of the people in the audience, but they weren't making a lot of sound because they can't yell. Um, so it was sort of a strange, it was sort of a strange thing. Uh, the match was interesting. Um, I was very surprised by the outcome. I assumed going in that Suzuki would win. She was sort of the up and coming, you know, she had the big gimmick change right before everything shut down. She uh, beat Fujimoto. She got the title shot. And so I figured she was destined to win this and become the new champion. Didn't happen. Very surprisingly, very surprisingly, uh, my Yukihi retains. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go from here. Um, just sort of thinking in my head, I'm not really sure of the person who I would have take the belt off uh, Maya at this point. I would have said it would have been Suzu Suzuki. Uh, maybe she goes back and she rebuilds and she gets another shot and wins it. Who knows? But, um, you know, I would say not a match to not a bad match, but not a match to go out of your way for, except for the fact that it's one of the bigger matches that have happened over the last few weeks in Joshi. I have not seen it, but there is going to be a match in this section that I have seen Taylor. And it's going to be very exciting for us to talk about a new wrestling match. Wow. Incredible. I know. I watched one match. Yes, it 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 is funny that um you know, as I mentioned I was on Omakase and you know, I was plugging the show and I was saying, well, usually here's what we do, but the fact is, you know, I think you mentioned it last show. We've now done sort of more of these quarantine shows than we did of our original uh you know, the original outline show. So I am excited to get back to a world in which modern current wrestling is happening all the time. And we have a lot to talk about uh, together about all of these shows. And with fans, please. Yes. I can't wait till we have loud fans at the show again. That'll be nice. Uh, Gake Gake Pro ran Nobody Show. Yeah. So this is uh, Miyako Matsumoto's uh, promotion, I guess you would call it. Uh, this was a very interesting uh, show because it not only had no fans, it had no referee and no wrestlers. Um, so what they had done is they had wrestled the show at some point. They recorded the audio and then they played the audio in the um, arena. It's not really an arena. They played the uh, audio in the arena as the camera followed along as if there were two wrestlers in the ring wrestling. Uh, that probably sounds crazy what I've just described to you. And you think maybe I'm pulling your leg. I'm not pulling your leg. It's a very <laughs> unique match. It is available on wrestle universe. You can check it out. Um, it's about 45 minutes or so it's super unique. I really loved it. You know, it's sort of a hard match to talk about in the way that we talk about a lot of other wrestling because it isn't like any other wrestling. Um, but, uh, Matsumoto is super unique. If you've seen any of the other Gake Pro shows, she has these ideas that no one else had. She had the big heralded hardcore match with Chris Brooks at the beginning of the year, um, on the same day as uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 
super interesting. I would say if you hear this and you say, wow, that sounds like a really funny idea. Should I check it out? You should check it out. And if you hear that, what I just said, and you said, that sounds horrible and I don't ever want to see that, I would say you you should skip it. Pretty much if you think you like it, you probably will like it. If you think you won't like it, you probably won't like it. It's a fair way to go about things. Uh, we mentioned Tokyo Joshi Pro running, and they did run on June 13th at Itabashi Green Hall. 82 fans in attendance. You were able to catch most of this, Taylor? Yeah, I watched a lot of it. It was um, very interesting. Um, the lights were on for this one, so I could see the audience. They were, I would say they were spread out in a way. You know, Japan is a little bit different than the U.S. in that they've had so much fewer cases than us. They've dealt with it much better. To me, personally, seeing the distance between the people, if if that was the offer on an American show and someone came to me and they said, hey, we're doing a show in New York and this is going to be the seating, I don't know that I would go. Um, you know, the people are spread out, but they're not that spread out. And there's still quite a few, you know, quite a few people there, as you mentioned, 82 people. Um, th- the thing I found most interesting is I mentioned the whole thing about, you know, they've encouraged no yelling. And so I found watching the show that there's a lot more applause I found because when wrestlers do a move and for example, they go for a pinfall, um, you know, usually they go for a pinfall and someone kicks out and then you would say, I don't know, like, you or something like that. Someone would yell out the name of the person kicking out to, you know, root for them. But instead, because people can't yell, everyone just claps. So every move happens and people, and people clap. You know, it's not annoying or anything like that. I just found it very interesting that people have sort of adjusted to no yelling by saying, oh, I'll sh- just show my support by clapping um, or applauding for, you know, a pinfall, a kick out, a move, something like that. So I found it interesting, you know, a very Tokyo Joshi show, Hyper Masao dresses up like a cat um, to wrestle. So a lot of fun. Um, not a must show, not, no big matches. Um, but certainly fun to see and interesting to watch as we return to quote-unquote normalcy in the world of wrestling. Pure J is also, as we talked about their streaming service, they've got one show up on the streaming service and then a show up on Nico Pro. Yeah, they did a show for Nico Pro a few days ago. That one had no fans. The one on their streaming service, I believe, had a very small amount of fans. Um, But it's just a three... Very simple three-match show. I believe that from the bell of the first match to the end of the third match is maybe an maybe an hour, I would think. So very easy to get through. Um, and f- glad to have something back on Nico Pro. I hadn't watched the show on Nico Pro in many, many weeks. So happy to see Nico Pro is getting um, back in the world of airing these current shows and looking forward to what they have coming down the pike. YMZ and Europe. I guess it's not your favorite promotion, right? Uh, But it's up there. Well, I have a soft spot for YMZ because the first time I went to Japan, I went to a YMZ show not knowing anything. I had never even heard of the promotion before. But my rule was if there was something, if there was a promotion running at a time when I could go, I was going to go. So I went to YMZ. I had such a great time. It's such a great atmosphere. It's very casual. You know, it's, it's definitely a comedy promotion. They do have matches that 
are more sort of standard matches, but their main events are usually all comedy. They've only had a few matches, um, or not a few matches, a few shows this year. They had a couple on New Year's Day. They had one in February and one in March. Um, usually what they do is they upload the shows to their streaming service, and then a couple days later they upload the shows with English subtitles, uh, which is super helpful because there's a lot of talking on these shows, a lot of people making jokes, so it's very helpful to have English subtitles. They, due to, you know, uh, I don't know the exact reason, but I'm assuming because of everything going on, there were some shows that didn't have the subtitles yet, and those have all been added, so all four shows that they've had have um, those subtitles on them. Uh, so if you want to check them out, they also have a film we streaming service. They've had a lot of great stuff. They had a Kagetsu, part of the Kagetsu retirement, went through there. They had Shiri on their New Year's Day show in the main event. Um, so a lot of fun. Makoto is a regular there. It's Kaori Yonayama's promotion. So she's always there. Uh, you may know her as Death Yamasan from Stardom. So definitely fun. We're checking out. The English subtitles really help. Um, and it's a great promotion. It's one I was thinking of as I added it to this list. I'm like, wow, we haven't really talked about YMZ, but they haven't had that many shows. And because the English subtitles were not on the shows, I had been waiting for those English subtitles to be uploaded till I watched them. So I was really happy to hear that they had added those uh, this week. And finally, the main event of the Spark Notes section, Seedling. I know this is actually your favorite promotion, Taylor. Ran on June 13th in Shinkiba, first ring. I believe it was zero fans, right? Nobody in the building? Yes, it was was, uh, no fans. Yeah, so they're back. um, And they had, well, did you watch the whole show or just the main event? I watched the whole show. Look at you. What a guy. Of course. It's my favorite. It's so funny because last week there was a whole thing with New Japan said, oh, we're going to announce. They did the YouTube. Oh, we're going to announce shows. And I watched their, you know, their press conference. And I was sort of like, oh, this is, you know, sort of interesting. Oh, they're coming back. I saw so many people who were like, oh, my God, this is like better than Christmas Day for me. I'm getting such a prize. And I was sort of like, I was like, okay, it's coming back. That's good. You know, I like New Japan, but I'm not like over the moon. When Seedling announced this 613 show, I was like, I get it because this is like Christmas for me. I was so excited. I had mentioned a couple weeks early. I was like, I was so bummed that the Beyond the Sea title match, which was scheduled to happen and then got canceled, didn't happen because I was so excited for the match. I thought it could be really good. I was really hyped and then it got canceled and I was like, Oh no, we might never see it. And then they announced, Oh, six thirteen, we're, do- we're doing the show. It's on Samurai, which I always love because I think they do really good production with the shows. And they did that here. They had pre and post-match interviews with everyone. So I was super pumped when this was announced, super excited. So I got to it first thing when it, when it hit the internet, uh, I was refreshing, you know, waiting to get it. So I was there. I watched the whole thing. Okay, well, I watched the main event. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to make sure I'd seen the title match, although I enjoyed it so much that I'm intending to go back and watch more of this show because it was a lot of fun. Uh, So what do you want to say about the rest of the show before we get into the main event? 
Well, there's not there's not a ton. They did a battle royal, which was pretty unique and interesting. That was fun. It just had it pretty much just took everyone who had, who was on the show except for Arisa Nakajima and Asuka who were in the main event, and they got in a battle royal, which was fun. Not something you see a ton from Seedling. Uh, that was fun. Um, some people who um, maybe you don't see on every Seedling show. Um, uh, and now I'm I'm blanking, uh, but yeah, it's just a it's just a fun show. It's not super long. I think the main event went something like thirty minutes, so the rest of the show is only about an hour and twenty minutes or so. So just a fun show. It's very interesting to me to see people who, you know, for some of these people, maybe they've been training at home, maybe they've been able to get to some sort of gym situation, but just to see some people who are working, you know, getting back into that rhythm of, oh yeah, we're rest- we're wrestling because when you're usually doing it, you're maybe wrestling once a week, twice a week, you're in the rhythm, your stamina is good because you're used to doing this. Um, I know Hanori Hana, who is the rookie in Seedling, I think Arisa Nakajima put up a tweet saying that she hadn't been able to practice in all this time because of the shutdown. Um, so you can sort of see people, you know, working the muscles again, getting used to it. I mean, Hanori um, Hana and Hiroya Matsumoto had a match that was, I think, seven minutes, went seven minutes. And I could sort of tell at the end, I was like, oh, Matsumoto, she wasn't, you know, heaving. But it was like, oh, she's worked up a sweat, even though the match is only seven minutes. And you would assume a lot of the matches she does normally go a lot longer than that. But it's just people sort of getting back in the rhythm of of wrestling again because some of them for the last three months haven't done it the interesting thing to me when i was looking at this card is how many of the people on this show are on the stardom shows we're going to talk about yeah it is super interesting um you know because i actually watched the two stardom shows i think i watched it the night before and then i woke up that morning and i watched the seedling shows it's very strange to sort of go from 2011 Yoshiko to this Yoshiko, like back to back and just see. And then you've got uh, Natsuki Tayo, who, of course, refs now, but still gets into it in the ring. So that was, um, yeah, it's an it's an interesting dynamic to see them then and now, sort of. Right. And you also, which I don't know if the Natsuki Tayo match is on the actual uh, file. Could you actually watch the Tayo match? They listed Wait, it which- as an- they listed it as an exhibition match on this show. Oh no, but I'm she got involved in the battle royal uh, because she's the high speed ref, and at one right. point during the battle royal, it turned into high speed, and she was there, and she sort of runs around. She's not quote unquote wrestling per se, right? But she is running around. She's hitting the rope. She's you know doing rolls, things like that. So you know it isn't wrestling, but she is doing some athletic work in there. All right, well, let's get into the main event. So the Seedling Beyond the Sea title match, Arisa Nakajima versus Asuka. And Arisa wins with a, I don't know, I never really know what these, I don't know what any moves are called, but when people start doing flash pins, I really don't know what the moves are called. So I just say she rolled her up, which is basically what happened. Uh, I know you were very fond of this match. I was, um, and I... (laughs) Not to not to call you out on the air, but I told you I was fond of the match, and you said that you knew that you would not like it as much as I did. 
Yes. Now, is that because about that. is that because you knew that I really liked it, or for some other reason? No, I just think you are always in a for a seedling match. I think you're always about a quarter to a half a star higher than me, Got just it. because it's your favorite promotion and you. It's like particularly up your alley of what you like. I mean, I was being cheeky when I said that, Taylor. I was, I was just kind of fucking with you. Not to call uh, you out, but to call you out here. Oh, I don't, I don't mind to be called <laughs> out. Uh, I mean, but I, I was fucking with you. Uh, but it did come down that I like you had it at four and a quarter, right? I did, and I was just, just below you. I had it at four stars flat. I, I think a lot of that is just. Look, it's not that I don't want to uh, watch all this stuff that that Taylor is just just bearing down and watching every week. I'm just so bored of not having fans at wrestling shows, and I think a lot of the companies are doing stuff that's not particularly meaningful because they know it's kind of just marking time until the next thing. So this was different in that you know it's a title match that was serious, and they. Worked very hard here, but they had, um, there were just, when certain things would happen, I think of like, I forget what the move that Asuka was trying to do, but Arisa reversed it into a DDT. And it was almost, you almost were like, wait, what just happened? And it would have been really good for the crowd to have like reacted to the move in the moment so that you would have had more of an indication of, you know, sometimes you see a move and you're not sure who got hurt. You know what I mean? Uh, especially when it's a reversal. And this was one of those. But overall, I thought it was it was very well laid out. Like the story of the match was uh, obvious and interesting, logical, made sense throughout. And one thing that I thought toward the end was this match was fairly long. I don't know, 20 plus minutes, I would say. Uh, but it didn't feel as long. I, I feel like a real problem in all wrestling right now is just like bloat, just matches that go on too long, too many kickouts, etc. And this, because the story was so logical, because they did such a great job of laying out everything that happened, all the pinfall attempts made a lot of sense to me and went in a way that made me think, yeah, that's what a person should do right here. And we hadn't really reached the the climax yet for some of those. So it made sense that there were kickouts. And so I just thought if you're going to do a match this long, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I thought, I thought it was hurt pretty badly by the fact that there was no crowd. Uh, I think there were moments when, um, and I know exactly what you're talking about that, that weird DDT. I also wasn't sure who had been hurt on that move until Asuka started selling, and I was like, oh, it was a DDT. Um, I just think there's rhythms of the match when, you know, it's close to the end of the match, and you go to get a pin, and someone kicks out, and in your brain, because you're so trained, you know, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of shows where this happens, you're so trained to say, oh, well, you know, if this is getting really exciting, then the crowd will go, oh, you know, oh, boy. Like, they'll make some sort of noise. Um and of course, they would kick out and there was no noise except people, maybe someone shouting instructions or one of the wrestlers saying something. So I do think, 
you know, I think if you asked me before the before I watched the match, what is sort of the range that I could see it in? And I would say, well, they could have a, you know, a five-star match. It could be great. I've seen Arisa have five-star matches, in my opinion. and But maybe it's disappointing, and maybe it's only three and a half stars. Um, and this falls right in the middle, and I think part of that is it probably would have worked even more for me if there would have been a crowd. Um, I think the crowd really heard it. I also liked the story. I liked the leg work um, with Asuka's selling of the leg, even though sort of closer to the end of the match, they sort of bailed on it. Um, I just thought it was interesting, not something I've seen a lot from Asuka. And I think that she's really great. And I always have to remind myself that she's still so young um, I always think of having seen her now for so many years, for, you know, four years or three years or however long it's been, and I think, oh, she's a veteran. But she still is very young, and she's still growing, and she's still improving. And this was another aspect of seeing sort of something new from her that I haven't seen any of or a lot of from her that I found really interesting. Look, I like Arisa. She's my favorite wrestler, so I am biased sort of towards all her matches. Um, I didn't know. I thought maybe Asuka would win. I think that also helped that I wasn't 100% sure who would come out of it. But yeah, I was a little bit higher than you, but I totally agree that not having the fans hurts. You know, it's great that they did it to give us sort of a meaningful match during this time when we're having a lot less meaningful matches in the wrestling world. But it is hurt by the fact that there are no fans to give it that little extra juice to sort of get it over the top from a pretty good match into like a really good match. Yeah. The, the leg stuff I'm pretty hard on selling. And I thought Oscar did a great job early in this match and it was fun how they kept finding different ways to go back to the leg. I was bummed that they abandoned it toward the end, but I was more bummed that it didn't play into the finish at all, even with Arisa winning. So that took it down for me. Um, I agree about, basically everything you said about Asuka. I didn't realize how strong she is. They had a spot where they almost botched uh, a powerbomb. She almost dropped Arisa. But then she was able to just basically deadlift uh, Arisa up and then do a vicious-ass powerbomb. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, for years, or at least in the beginning when I was seeing her, my one thing with her was she's so athletic that she was almost at the time too athletic. Like it was, you know, she'd go off the ropes and it would be, it's like, oh, you you did a springboard too high or something like that. She wasn't botching moves left and right or anything like that. But it was like, you have so much athleticism that she really had to figure out how to put that into wrestling matches, sometimes with wrestlers that are much shorter than her, for example, or, you know, less athletic than her. And so I think she's managed to do that without losing a lot of what makes her great. But then sometimes you forget that she's really athletic. She's really strong. She's able to do that power bomb. Um, but it's just, she's someone, she's a rare person where I feel like every, at least every big match I see from her, I see the improvement from the previous big match, which is really great to see. Um, so yeah, I, to go back to the leg selling briefly, I think I sort of forgave it a little bit more because some of the stuff that they did I thought was really interesting. They had the moment when Arisa was in the ropes 
and Asuka started to kick her um, with her leg that was injured. She stopped. She was like, okay, I can't do this. She switched legs to kick her again and then realized she couldn't support the weight on her injured leg to kick. And so she just sort of stopped doing it, and she's like, I have to figure out something else. So I thought there were some a lot of really interesting things, uh, things I hadn't seen before. You know, we see a lot of matches in the world of wrestling that have leg selling in them. Um, but some things I hadn't seen before, which I thought was really cool. After the match, it appeared that Arisa called out Yoshiko, and they kind of got in a shoving match. So I'm assuming that's where they're going next. Yeah, and Yoshiko, not to spoil it for you, but uh, Yoshiko won the Battle Royal. I don't know if that plays into it at all. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Because I don't speak Japanese. I don't know if it was mentioned or if it was referenced or anything like that, but she did win the Battle Royal, um, which was the match directly before this. So that may that may be the tie-in. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's everything from all the other shows around the current world of Joshi. Let's get into our series, I suppose. Uh, we've been going back through Stardom. If you haven't been listening, we started with the very first Stardom show in 2011, and we've just been making our way through since we've been doing these uh, quarantine-era shows. So we're up to the April 24th, 2011 show. Before this show happened, Stardom announced that they were or that season one of Stardom had ended, and that this show would be the beginning of season two. At some point along the line, I guess they kind of dropped that whole idea? Yeah, I believe the for the first little while, they had a, it was something like each month or maybe two months was a season. Um, I'm not really sure how they distinguish that. I know from watching the two shows, not to jump ahead, from watching the two shows, I didn't feel really that all that much was different in any way. You know, it's still mostly the same wrestlers except for visiting um, outside wrestlers that would come in. Um, so really not a lot of distinguishing characteristics for me, but who knows, maybe we get into season three and four and there's some big shift. In the lead up to this show, uh, there was a Nanai Takahashi and Natsuki Tayo match at Skull Shit presents the live 2011 a disaster relief aid event uh it was them versus yumiko hoda and toshi uematsu also on the show masato tanaka and kenny omega versus ikuto hidaka and daisuke sekimoto also got razor ramon real gay versus kota ibushi a lot of fun wrestling on this show yeah, I looked up, uh, tried to find this to see if this had ever made air anywhere, if any of really any of these three matches had ever made air anywhere. I don't believe they did. I think the wrestling was, as we'll mention in a second, part of sort of this larger festival. So I'm fairly certain that they probably just didn't even, you know, there was probably 50 things going on, so they didn't even worry about filming any of this. But I would love to see it. Um, Yumiko Hoda was part of, of Reina at the time and Toshi Uematsu was had joined Wave. Um, she had been in Gaia Japan and had joined Wave. So it was three different promotions um, facing off against each other at the show. This was also part of a music and comedy festival. Uh, do you want to tell us about some of your favorite bands who were on this show, Taylor? I just feel like I should run through this list because. <laughs> 
it's really wild. I will say this, Aaron, I mentioned this to you before the show. If any of these names of these bands sound interesting to you, they are all, they all have at least a few songs on Spotify. I went through the list. I looked them all up. I gave each one a little bit quick listen. Uh, there's a lot of interesting genres. There's some new metal. There's some what sounded like punk, some punk type music. Um, and things like that. So the bands listed here are Cold Rain, Egg Brain, those two rhyme, although to my knowledge, they're not related bands, Going Underground, a band called Gel, Gel KB, I think that's how you say that, Gel KB, meaning Nothing's Carved in Stone, Scars Burrow, not the name of the European city, but scars and in, you know, scars on your skin. Burrow, The Hiatus, Total Fat, Kishidun, Maximone the Hormone. Now, Maximone the Hormone may be familiar to some people. They do Masashi Takeda's theme song, uh, Rock Impo Goroshi, which is a great song if you've never heard it. Nine Millimeter Parabellum Bullet and a band called 10 Feet. Aaron, what what which of these bands sticks out to you the most? Uh I'm a big fan of Maximum the Hormone. Of that's course. a great that's a great name. Uh Scars Space Burrow is also very good. Cuz it you know makes me think of Scarborough Fair obviously. Of course. But uh with a space in between. I'm very interested in this GLKB. GL, I don't know. Maybe it's Jilk. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe someone who's listening knows, and you can tweet at us and tell us how to say this uh, name of this band. Uh, so, but a lot of interesting, certainly from hearing the names of those, not a, not a lineup you would think, oh, yeah, and they're going to have a fun little uh, wrestling show <laughs> over here with Razor Ramon Real Gay versus Kota Ibushi, which I'm sure was all comedy. I'm sure. I'm sure that was excellent. Speaking of Kota Ibushi, in the lead up to this show, Yoshiko asked Kota Ibushi to marry her. I need more information about this, Taylor. Well, according, this was part of the blog post on the Stardom website, and I'll just read, um, Tokyo Sports published an article on Yoshiko, which has become a regular feature of the magazine. The news is that he asked her to marry him. After confronting Ibushi with the marriage license, Yoshiko successfully performed a moonsault press at Korokin. The story goes that they are going to get married. Of course, the truth of the matter is unknown. Now, unless I don't know something that's been a secret, uh, Kota Ibushi is not married to Yoshiko. <laughs> so it seems like it didn't happen. I'm, I was sort of confused when I read this because I started to look up, did, did Yoshiko wrestle in DDT? Is that where this happened? Where did she she performed a successful moonsault press at Corican? I didn't know on what show that had happened. It's all very unclear. I don't know, but I'm actually going to start going with the idea that they are married. 
And I'm just going to assume from now on, anytime we talk about either of them, that they're married to each other. I just like the image of Kota Ibushi, let's say, standing in the ring at Korokin Hall. Yoshiko comes out and goes, here's the marriage license, and then just climbs to the top rope and does a moonsault. (laughs) Which seems very out of character for what we've seen so far, a very sort of serious uh, wrestler. Um, Did she perform it on someone, or did she just do a moonsault? I don't know, maybe to impress him, maybe to say we should get married. Um, (laughs) I just love the sentence in this thing that you translated, which says the story goes that they are going to get married. It sounds like uh, Dave Meltzer wrote that. That is true. Yeah, the story is that they're going to get married. (laughs) Of course, the truth of the matter is unknown. Of course, plans may change. Uh, Yeah, and Tokyo Sports running this being like, Hey, by the way, we've heard these two people are getting married. Oh, also, it might be untrue. I looked it up. I did look for probably a good 20 minutes on anything. Um, Yoshiko, I don't think, wrestled in DDT till 2013. So it wasn't related to some DDT match they had had. So I really had no idea. I don't know. We all know Kota Ibushi is unpredictable. Um, Thinks outside the box. I'll put it that way. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe they did get married and just no one's ever spoken about it. I hope that's true. That's like what I would really like to believe. I'm just imagining like someone like Mayu Iwatani being like, oh, I know they're married, but I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> just living her life. She's like, I've been living my life with a terrible secret. Yoshiko is married to Kota Ibushi. <laughs> <laughs> The actually, I guess the next note comes after the shows we're going to talk about, right? So, well, it was announced at this point, but the show does happen after this. But they had a press conference to announce Yusupon produce number three, which is Yusuki Yusuki Aikawa's self produced shows. They had run two other ones, we covered the Nanai Takahashi uh, Aikawa match that happened right before Start and Began. This is the third one, and they announced as the main event it would be Aikawa versus Ayumi Kurihawa, who was a very popular wrestler back in that time. She's now retired, but that was the, announced as the main event for that show. Now, to go back to this Kota Ibushi connection, the um, lower card did have a lot of DDT wrestlers on it. I know um, Sanshiro Takagi was part of one of the match. Uh, was part of one of the matches. They had Denshu Godino was part of one of the matches. So there is a DDT connection. So maybe, uh, maybe there is something, maybe there is something there. Maybe so. Let's get into these two shows that we watched for this episode. The first was the April 24th show. It kicks off with a real banger, Haruka taking on Yuzupon Mask, which was Yuzuki Aikawa. And... Wait, what? <laughs> I, I've, I've unmasked her. Are you sure about that? No. I love that she's the first one to not even change her costume for, for the Haruka match. Very also, cool. they had a press conference. We didn't talk about this, but uh, Yusupon match was like, I'm going to use the Yusupon kick. And I was like, oh, not even changing, not even changing the moveset <laughs> either. Yes. 
so I don't know. It was a time limit draw. Do we have to spend a lot of time talking about this? Can you believe it? It was a time limit draw. <laughs> um, I just put that Yusupan at one point slapped the shit out of Haruka. <laughs> I also wrote this was basically a Yoshihiko match. There was a lot of stuff with Aikawa just like setting up Haruka to do for moves, you know, to happen. Very funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, my other note is Haruka, bestseller in the business. Of course, she's got the crowd behind her every time. She even does. A, even a small bit of offense against her, and the crowd is infuriated. Yes. Uh, next was Ari Susa losing to the stardom debuting Kirin, who uh, was a Mako Satomura trainee, did a lot of uh, you know promotions around uh, Mako, and Hiren won with an ankle lock. Um, I put Hiren had an interesting tattoo. Um, yes, a very interesting tattoo that was um, strangely placed, and I put Ari Susa not good. Okay, so <laughs> there was a moment when Hiren went to throw Ari from um, Irish whip her from one corner to the other corner turnbuckle, and Ari started running. She stopped and turned around. Faced Hiren, realized that wasn't correct, turned back around and ran to the other turnbuckle and hit the turnbuckle. And I was like, ooh, boy. And I guess my question is, the thing I thought is that, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, a lot of these other stardom wrestlers have improved, I think. I think, in my personal opinion, from the first show we watched. I would say Ari Sousa has not improved at all. At what point of a rookie's career, do you look and you say, you're not improving. This is a bit worrisome because now we're how many shows in? We're just a few months in Taylor. Jeez. But look at the other wrestlers that we'll talk about in a minute who have gotten, I would say all of them have gotten much, much better. Well, that's okay. Everybody goes at their own pace, Taylor. Jeez. I'm not saying this is that outrageous. I'm not saying that she's a lost cause. I'm just saying at what point do you maybe go, oh, you want them to just put her out on the street? I don't want anything of the sort. I think you do. You want Ari Sousa to be fired? You want her to be embarrassed on a startup show to where she's just fired right there on the show, I... kicked out of the promotion, and uh, made to just leave and walk out while everybody watches her? I know what's happening right now. You have lost Iris. So you have moved one up on the totem pole <laughs> and the next wrestler in line. Uh, I actually, on this show, I thought, well, no, on the last show, I thought Susan was getting a little better. Uh, on the April 30th show, one of my notes was, can't really get a read on Aerie Sousa. <laughs> like, I'm just not <laughs> sure what her deal is. But, I mean, we are not even three full months into this promotion. Yeah, I guess we that are there. That is a very valid but, point. Yeah. But, but, but she's only been wrestling for a little while. But Give I would her time. Say, would you agree? It's very clear that she is lagging far behind every other rookie in the promotion. Yes. But we also, we don't know how long they had trained the other wrestlers. Sure. They, they could have trained longer than Susan. That's true. Had. That's very true. We don't know. And we'll find out. And I she doesn't get chances. I mean, it, it's because she's bad, but she doesn't get chances with, you know, the the Nanais and the 
I mean, she does, but you know what I mean? In these big like tag matches they do for main events, they don't got Ari Suse in there, that's for sure. Maybe they should. Maybe then she'd get better. Maybe I solved the maybe I solved the problem. Of course, can't do anything about it now, but Absolutely. But I think they should. Uh and by I think they should, I mean I think they should have nine years ago when this was happening. Yusuke Aikawa, Mayu Iwatani, Arisa Hoshki in a three way match. Arisa Hoshki gets the win. This I thought was a lot of fun, actually. This was like I think one of the better three-way matches maybe I've ever seen. <laughs> what? I think most three-way matches, four-way matches are really bad. Like, okay, I agree with that point, but... I think this was a really good one. Aaron, I hate to do this to you. I found this <laughs> match very sloppy. Yes! I love it. Tell me. Because I found that it... it you know, first of all, it fell into the trap that all the three-ways fall into, which is... Oh, we're in a three-way match. Okay, this person's going to go hang outside the ring, and we're going to do something. And then when they're ready, the third person's going to come in, and then we're just going to do a switch. It was a lot of that, but it was a lot of weird. Like, the third person would come in, and they'd be like, what are we going to do? Uh, I know. We'll just do some – we'll just kick. We'll kick each other. And that'll be, that'll be all our transitions. We'll just be – we'll kick. Um, so I found that weird. There was a lot of weird pins in the match, too, which really threw me off. There was one pin early in the match where Mayu went to do the pin and she wasn't covering anyone. And there was like, I I don't remember who it was, but like Arisa was sideways. She didn't have either shoulder on the mat. And I was like, what is going on here? The one good thing about the match, I will say, is Arisa's kicks looked very good. Um, Yusuke really sold two of them like death. They looked really good. Like she got kicked in the head and it was like over and done. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was sloppy. It was sort of, it felt like very much, I think it's hard, as you mentioned, three-way matches are not great. Because I think they're hard to plan out something that's interesting and unique. And then you say, I don't know if there's someone backstage, maybe in Nanai saying, here's how you should lay out the match or helping them. But three rookies trying to do a very, difficult, maybe not difficult, but hard to succeed with style of this three-way. Um, and I just thought it wasn't, wasn't great. Felt very sloppy to me. I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked that you said it <laughs> three-way you've ever seen. I said one of what I just really liked it because there was almost no one person goes and lays outside while the other two wrestle. And then you like switch out. They did a lot of fun stuff where all three of them were involved. They did a lot of weird pins on all three. I'll say that. <laughs> I, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was really funny when Mayu slapped the top of Arisa's head and then just about killed Aikoa with her, like, thing where she, you know, catapults herself off the ropes. I don't I don't know move names. Everybody knows that by now. But uh, she just about, like, kneed Aikoa right in the face. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was lots of fun. So, hmm, I guess we'll just have to disagree on that. Wow. <laughs> the main event, Nanae Takahashi and Yoshiko defeated Natsuki Tayo and Yoko Bido. Uh, Nanai pinned Tayo with the Falcon Arrow. Yoshiko started the match by unveiling black hair, a new hairdo for Yoshiko. Yes, um, 
What do you think? I was going to ask. What do you think of the dark? What do you think of the dark-haired version of Yoshiko? I liked it. It was very striking because I'm used to her with the bleach blonde hair. So I was like, "Oh, Yoshiko, all right." Now she changes it before the next show, <laughs> but well, she okay. changes it to a slightly different. She's still not back to the bleach blonde that everyone sort of knows. But yes, it is different. It's sort of this one feels like it's very dark. Like you just dyed your hair yesterday, and you're revealing it because it was very dark. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I think I was just thrown off because I'm so used to seeing her with blonde hair that I was like, Ooh, this is weird. Um, but I didn't hate it. But as you said, it changes before the next show. So, you know, I guess she didn't love it or else they would have kept it the same way. It's funny though, because they did this whole thing of like covering it up and then unveiling it. And then she changes it five days later. Uh, what did you think of this match, Taylor? I'm making you talk first this time. Okay. Well, uh, and based on some things you said to me before we recorded, I think we're going to be—I think we're going to be on different um, different opinions here as well. Look, I'll say it again: I'm going to start sounding like a broken record. Natsuki Tayo is so good in all of these matches; she's so great. She has such a great energy to her that really picks up a lot of these matches. She's someone I'm sort of now, as someone who didn't really see her during her original run and now only sees her in seedling as the high speed ref. Someone I wish would come back and wrestle more because I think she's really great to me. I think the biggest thing with this is, and I think you mentioned something similar in the last episode or maybe the episode before this is I got a feeling during the match of sort of, I've seen this before, you know, we've seen a lot of tag matches, you know, in the main events or, even the opening tag match from the first show, it just felt very much like I got it. There's not really a lot of story here. And I'm seeing another tag match with Nanai and Natsuki and Yoshiko. And you know, it was just sort of all, I was like, yeah, this is good, but I feel like I'm seeing something I've already seen a couple times at this point. And to go back to the point of, oh, it's season two, I'm like, this feels a lot like a lot of what we saw in season one to me. So that was my thought. I didn't think it was a bad match by any stretch. You know, I think that these are, you know, the two rookies in the match are near the top of the top of the pecking order. And Nanai and Natsuki are obviously really great. So it was a good match, but just something I was sort of like, meh, seen it before. We've definitely reached the point where it's like, okay, they've run out of shit to do in this promotion. They're like, okay, we've we've done this match. We've done this match. So that's true. And coming into it, I wasn't very excited about it. And then the bell rang and Nene and uh, Tayo went just right at each other. And I was in. Um, this is going to blow you away, Taylor. I, I went four and a half stars on this match. <laughs> <laughs> I thought watching it, uh, this would have been one of my favorite matches of 2011. Now, did you like it more than the than the match from the first show that that big opening tag? No, I don't think so. Okay, I think I like that wonder, one. Better. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. I don't think so. But this similarly was like. I mean, this was too long. It was probably about five minutes too long. But they kept up this super fast pace beating the hell out of each other the whole match. As you pointed out, Natsuki Tayo was especially good. She was probably the best part of the match for me. Yoshiko stood out just because she was 
uh, insanely stiff with her offense at all times, which is something that I enjoy. So I don't know. I just loved it. It just for something that I wasn't looking forward to going into it. Maybe it was an expectations thing. It just blew me away with how much fun I had watching it. Wow, we are really. That's what a, that's probably we're diverging our, here. Yeah, that's like our biggest golf maybe ever on a match. Wow. I know. Uh, after the match, Yoshiko attacked Nanai. Is this our first angle, Taylor? Well, I don't know. They've sort of been running. You know, I've read, we haven't talked about all of them, but I've sort of been reading these press conference notes that they've been putting on the Stardom website. And sometimes there's not much to talk about, but they have sort of been running with this thing of Nanai being like, hey, show some respect. And Yoshiko's like, I don't have any respect. Uh, I sit with my legs not crossed. That's a big thing at the last press conference. She sat and her legs were not crossed. Um, And Nanai got very mad. So I think it's mainly a continuation of what's sort of already been going on. I don't know if it leads to anything. Um, I haven't looked, I don't know about you, Aaron, I haven't looked ahead at any of the cards to see what's coming in terms of matches. So I don't know if this is becoming an angle or if it's just sort of the continuation of Nanai being annoyed at Yoshiko. I haven't checked either, but we badly need some angles in this promotion. We, we've seen everybody wrestle each other. Yeah, agreed. Whew. Okay, April 30th show. We start out with a new face, at least. Uh, Ryo Mizunami defeats Ari Susa in the Challenge to Enemy series. Yeah, I guess Sendai Girls are the enemy, I guess, is the point of this, because they're all coming from Sendai Girls. Yeah, I I don't know, but uh, we'll see. But uh, Mizunami won with a a top rope leg drop. I got a real laugh out of Ari, like, she's running the ropes, but... Uh, Mizunami was supposed to like interrupt her, you know, and hit her. And Aries like barely jogging <laughs> off the ropes. Very funny. None of the normal, now normal Mizunami stuff in this match. A very yeah. different Rio Mizunami. Yeah, different look. And as you said, none of the sort of bits that she's perfected um, at this point. She was still, I think she was still fairly early on in her career. Um, I don't know how many years. I think maybe five years or so, but still had yet to come into our own. I thought the match was, you know, it was an Ari Sousa match. And this is actually when I put the note, Ari isn't getting better. When do rookies get better? Well, you know, maybe more than three months, Taylor. Come on, buddy. Look. Come on. Look. Let's have some patience. It's just a question. It's just a question. Well, let's talk about some rookies who are getting better. Haruka taking on Masked Hiroyon which was Hiroyo Matsumoto. I, what are my notes here? All these are called kids' fights, but there's only one kid in any of them. Well, we, you don't know that. I do know that, Taylor. How? I know who's under the mask. <laughs> but that's not, it's not who's under the mask. It's who is the mask character. Maybe that character is a child. I'm not buying this. <laughs> I'm not buying this. These aren't kids' saying. fights. They are adults fighting kids. Which is, you know, frowned upon. But are you going to call every match, okay, the next, instead of going, okay, the next match we have is the kid match, are you going to say, okay, the next match we have is the adults fighting kids match? <laughs> no, come on. If you want to be true in your advertising, I think you should. Can you imagine that getting out to the public? Stardom has very successfully run 
Adults fighting kids matches. <laughs> I mean, why don't they just call it the Haruka Challenge Series or something? Look, you know? they probably should, but, you know. it's a, She's the star of the match. It's a kids match. Yeah, well. Uh, she did a capo kick here that was cool. Uh, my, I had a question, which oh, it was, a, was... It, oh, I'm sorry, Taylor. I have to interrupt oh. with this very important information. It was a time limit draw. Oh, yes. Thank you for, thank you for making sure that everyone knew that. My question was, we've seen all these characters. They've all been masked, except for Sakura Hirota, who wasn't masked. Do all of these people... Do they have masks already? And it's like, hey, we need you. Bring your mask. Or is it like Rossi in the back sewing the mat, sewing the mask, and being like, you're wrestling. Oh, and by the way, you got to wear this mask. Well, Rossi's a big mask guy. He's probably just got these laying around. That's why I asked. I'm like, maybe he just has a bunch of masks, and he's like, but some of them are pretty coordinated to what the people are already wearing. Well, you know, maybe they had a big budget at this point. <laughs> It, it seems obvious from the production quality that they did. Sure. And running the same venue uh, <laughs> every you know, time. Six out of the seven shows that we've watched. Oh, yeah. I meant to say that they had hmm, 300 and I closed the thing. So I got to pull it back up. But the first show, 305 fans. This show, 285. So I think, I mean, they're just like going down every show at this point. Pretty well, concerned. maybe the maybe the fans are thinking the same thing we're thinking, which is give us some storylines, please. Yeah, we've seen all of this. So, all right, I'm I'm really interested in your take on the next match. Match is the Nanae Takahashi Gauntlet match. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk about these separately? Do you just want to talk about it overall? Well, I think we could sort of go through. The th- through them sort of briefly, but there, because there are sort of interesting things from quote unquote match to match, but there is sort of, I do have thoughts about sort of the overarching setup of it and things like that, that I also, also want to talk about. So maybe we don't go in and say, you know, here's the moves that happen in this match, but like, sure. you know, first thing that happened was this, that's, you know. Okay. Well, I'll run it down. You interrupt if you have anything to say about that particular match. And then right. at the end, we'll talk about, the whole deal. So the first match in this gauntlet was versus Yoko Bito, and it went to a time limit draw. Uh, Nanai did a, did a rush right out the gate. She really ran at Yoko and took it to her, which I like. That's all I have to say. Thank you for that. Um, Wise insight. Yeah, just the stuff that you can't get anywhere else, but right here on Jumping Bomb Audio. The second wow. match... Aaron, just because we don't agree on matches, this <laughs> the second match was with Mayu Iwatani, and Nanae wins with a it was like a shoulder breaker into a submission while she was kind of still in the shoulder breaker. Yeah, it was like a Kimura lock over the shoulder move. I didn't I didn't understand what it was, but it did look pretty cool. Um, and it was reversed with Mayu. Mayu came in a house of fire. Because Nanai obviously was a little bit tired from wrestling a five-minute match right before. Yes. And I'll, I've got some thoughts about the different opponents, but I'm going to save those for the end. Uh, yep. Match three, Aerie Sousa. It was like she just came out to announce she was going to challenge her, I guess. Well, and... she and Haruka came out and I think said, why aren't we in this match? And okay. so they were like, okay. That makes sense. Uh, 
Nene won with a shoulder tackle. <laughs> After a an absolutely sick German suplex that looked like it killed Ari Sousa. I wrote, now I'm, the words I'm about to say are spoken as if they're coming from Nanai Takahashi and not from me personally. Um, so I said, Ari Sousa comes out and demands to be put in the match. Ari Sousa, fuck you. <laughs> Because Ari Sousa came in and Nanae was like, are you kidding me? And just started beating the shit out of her. It was like wild. Ari Sousa had two drop kicks that didn't look great um, and, and didn't do anything to Nanae. And as you said, she killed her with the German suplex and just beat her with the shoulder tackle. So it was sort of like, I would say, not to spoil the rest of the match, but all the matches, no matter the outcome, were sort of close. I guess you could argue this one was not close. Next up was Nanai versus Haruka. It went to a time limit draw. And my note here was, Haruka might be better than Ari Sousa. <laughs> well, I wrote, you're Ari Sousa. You co- First of all, you're not in this match, which is sort of a big match. But then they say, oh, you can come out and you can demand to be put in the match. Okay, doesn't feel great, but now you're in the match. You come out, you get run over by Nanai and the very next person which is technically spo- which is technically later in the match so Nanai would be more tired gets more offense than you do and she, she's an eight-year-old child I was like eh, not good wouldn't make me feel great next up was Yusuke Aikawa and this went to a draw and uh, then the the final match of the gauntlet was Arisa Hoshiki it also went to a draw but it looked like I think Arisa potatoed Nanai, and it swelled Nanai's eye shut. Oh, I must have missed. I didn't. I must have missed that. Well, did you see the whole part where Nanai rolled out of the ring for a long time? Yes, yes. Oh, so you're saying then? Yes, that is true because they did have sort of a weird. I would have to go back and rewatch that moment again because they did have that weird moment when I think the clock was still running, and they did this whole thing, and then she rolled back, and they wrestled for like two minutes, and then it was over. So. Yeah, well, when I guess she you could be right. That was that was a strange. Uh, yes, when she came back in, it was like her eye. She could only open one eye. It looked like. Anyway, let's talk about the whole thing. So, uh, the note I wrote was, "What was the point of this?" Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> she wrestled six matches in a row. She was able to go to a draw, at least against everyone. You got to feel bad for. Mayu gets beaten in match two. And then Aikawa and Arisa, she has wrestled four and five matches already. And they can't beat her. I just like, this didn't do any good for anyone. And I, I understand that the point was they've run out of things to do. And they're like, well, here's the thing we could do. But I just, I hated everything about this. Oh, wow. So the thing, the matches were fun. Like it, the action was good. It was just like, but the point of this is lost on me. Um, so I sort of agree in that I thought the matches were fun. I don't know that I hate, I wasn't, I didn't hate it, but I also, I also was a little bit confused as to the the layout of everything. I was thinking, so the layout was Yoko, uh, Mayu, Eri, Haruka, Yusuke, and Arisa 
which already to me is a strange order. Um, I'm sort of like, oh, why would they be put in that order? I guess with Yoko, the argument could be it's the first match. She goes to a draw. That's perfectly normal. She's going to a draw with a veteran. That's a good accomplishment. I mean, Mayu loses. It's sort of like, well, she's lower in the pecking order. You know, it's only been five minutes. She hasn't wrestled a 25-minute epic match. I guess you could win that. I found the last two very strange because when Yusuke came in to the match, I figured in my head, well, I thought she was going to be last, and I thought Arisa would go before her. But I figured, oh, she's going to pin Nanai because it's now match five. And of course she would, because now the excuse is you give her a pin, you get a win off of Nanai, but the excuse can be, or the reasoning can sort of be, I was really tired from wrestling four other matches. But that didn't happen. And then I thought, well, maybe they're going to give the win to Arisa, because that would be good, because Arisa's maybe, maybe they think Yusuke is already well received, the fans like her, maybe she doesn't need that rub from pinning Nanai. So maybe they give it to Arisa. And they didn't. Now, the matches were a little bit closer, four and five, than, for example, Yoko Bito's time limit draw. But, yeah, I just found it very um, – at the end of the day, it just seemed like something where they were like, hey, let's just do this idea because we've sort of been doing the same thing over and over again. And Anai is like, eh, yeah, and I'll just win most uh, – you know, I'll just draw most of them or win them. So – yeah, I guess I don't see who it really helps. I mean, other than people getting in the ring with someone who's established and having the fans see that visually and be like, hey, they went toe-to-toe with Nanai. Um, so I'm sort of on the same. I didn't hate it, but I was a little bit confused. But I thought the matches themselves outside of the, you know, Haruka, we had already seen a kid's match on the show, and uh, some of it can feel fairly samey. Uh, with her, you know it's going to a time limit draw, so you're not sitting there going, oh, who's going to pin who? Um, but sort of of the main roster, the bigger, higher-up rookies, I thought all their matches were at least good and good quality. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed the Haruka match. I thought I was annoyed when it started. I'm like, okay, haven't we done this? But it turned out to be pretty fun, I thought. But for me, it's like when I saw how it was set up, I assumed Arisa was last so she could get the win. And like you said, you have the excuse. You could, uh, Aikawa too. Of course, you would probably want to set this up so only one of them beats her, you know. But instead, it's just everybody's kind of left, to me, worse off than they came in. Like Mayu and Yoko Bito are probably fine. But Mayu looks pretty bad when you look back and see that these other people uh, drew with her when she was much more tired. And Mayu got her ass beat as the second person. Yeah, and I also think. You know, you could make an argument about who goes last, who should get the quote-unquote win. But even if Arisa gets the win in the end, in the last match, you could then make the argument, Yusuke could come out and say, well, the only reason you got that win is because I fought her really tough and she was really tired after my match. You know, that could be an argument, and then maybe you have a feud there, or maybe... You know, maybe Nanai says that, says, oh, I fought so hard. I fought Yusuke so hard that I just didn't have any energy left for Arisa. Now, I don't know. Maybe that buries Arisa a little bit. But, yeah, it just seemed like I was waiting for the thing where I go, ah, this is why they did this match, to help 
so-and-so. And there really was never, there wasn't that. I mean, I guess you could argue Yoko because she went first, I guess. But they went to a time limit draw still at the end. I don't know. I don't know. It it was just sort of weird. I enjoyed seeing something that wasn't the regular tag match, but it didn't serve a lot of purpose. Although who knows, maybe as we go on, maybe they'll do a press conference that reveals whatever the purpose behind this gauntlet match was. I doubt it. <laughs> wow. Frankly. You have little faith. <laughs> I have little faith in their storytelling at this point. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, we know it gets better at some point because it's pretty good now, but that's right. I just you know, don't know. That's 10 years apart. Yeah. I just don't know when it happens. So the main event, Natsuki Tayo versus Yoshiko uh, Tayo one. And as we mentioned earlier, Yoshiko has some, some color back in her hair. Still not the bleach version, but just kind of had highlights in this, uh, in this style that she unveiled on April 30th. It felt very much sort of like a 2004, like the girl in high school in 2004 that you would have seen where it's dark hair, but you have the blonde streaks in it. You know, the person who says there, who really loves pop punk. You know, the girl who really loves pop punk and she gets the blonde streaks in her dark hair. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a good that's a good analogy. I like <laughs> Thank it. You. Thank you. Um, so uh, unrelated, what did you think of the match? Um, well, I'll start out with something um, sort of more unrelated, which is that they fought at one point sort of around Shinkiba. Um, and I was interested to see those risers on the one side of the ring. Did you notice? Did you see those? I did. And I was like, okay, I don't think that's what it looks like now. <laughs> it isn't because now that side of the, the entrance, I'm talking about the entrance side. Obviously they have the, the, they're not risers, but they're the seats, the stadium seats on the other side, opposite the entrance. But at the entrance now, it's just sort of flat, but it looks like they had at one point sort of wooden bleacher set up. Uh, I'm not an expert on the history of Shinkiba first ring. Um, so I don't know if those were around for a long time, if they were around for a brief time. If someone knows, uh, the listeners have been very helpful with the information, some of this information. So if anyone knows, let us know, because I'm fascinated. I saw it and I said, wow, that looks really different. I wonder if it was some sort of, um, you know, attendance, if it helped with attendance, or maybe they did it and they came in and they said, you can't have those because it's dangerous or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, going back to the match, I thought I'm going to use a great 10 cent word here. There was a great dichotomy in this match um, in that, it was Tayo is obviously the veteran, but she's on the smaller side. You know, she uses her quickness and Yoshiko less experienced, but obviously has the size advantage. So I thought it was an interesting match that showed, you know, a bigger, stronger wrestler who's not as experienced trying to beat the smaller wrestler who's using the quickness and the experience to win the match. Eventually, uh, Tayo does win the match. I thought it was a really good match. I went three and three-quarter stars. Um, I thought it was a really fun, as I said, they went around Shinkiba, which I thought was a lot of fun because most of these shows had stuck mainly to just being in the ring. Um, yeah, but I thought it was fun, something a little bit different. 
to see uh, Yoshiko alone, not in a tag match in the main event. I went four stars, Taylor. All right, so we were close. We were close. Now, the difference is my eyes tend to glaze over when they go out into the crowd in these matches. I'm just like, okay, by this point, I've seen this a billion times. I wouldn't have, I guess, in 2011. But the rest of the match was so good that it, it won me back over. And it was it's just maybe it's that I really love Natsuki Tayo. I mean, she is kind of a, a constant in a lot of these matches that I really like. Maybe we'll have to, you know, keep studying that if when they if they get split up to see which matches you enjoy more. That's true. That's true. So that's everything from those two stardom shows. I don't know what all will have happened as far as like current wrestling by the time um, we record another one of these shows. But wait, I can't talk about that. We got to do rookie rankings. I was like, wow, you're jumping the gun here. Sorry, buddy. Part of the show coming up. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Number eight. Or actually, I guess there's not eight anymore, right? There's. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Because I we lost Iris. Very sad that Iris is gone. Uh, course, yeah. Shouts to Iris, wherever you are, if you're listening. Big fan. Okay. Right. Oh, do you, you want to go first for me? I'll no. go first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, my number eight. I said seven. This is, uh, my, <laughs> my number seven, fairly obvious, Ari Susa. Yes, I also have Ari Susa seventh. All right. My number seven. Now, I made this decision just based on the fact that. Um, didn't make any appearances on the show, and it appears, not to look ahead, it appears that the time is limited on this person, so they slid down Mika Nagano. Wow. Real drop for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm also uh, putting Mika in sixth, so we're, we're right there together so far. All right. Number five, um, a little bit of a drop from last time, but I think based on the result of this show, I think you can't really help but put this person here. Number five, Mayu Iwatani, the loss against Nanai Takahashi. Not not a great look to be the one person, I mean, other than Ari Susa, who wasn't originally in the match, to lose to Nanai. Okay, but are your rankings, what are your rankings based on? Well, my rankings are based on, I'm saying, looking from the point we are now, you know, who do I think is going to be the biggest star? Who do I think has the brightest future? And I think losing to Nanai doesn't bode well for someone passing some of these other wrestlers who pulled out a time limit draw. All right. Well, I'm going to blow things up here, Taylor. Oh, don't do it. Uh, If you do what I think you're about to do, I'm going to be very mad. My number five, Yoko Bito. Okay, that's fine. Wow, I thought you would pro- I thought you would protest more here. No, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to name someone else and um no, I was going to get very mad, but it w- wasn't Yoko Bito, so that's fine. Just in these last several shows, I just find that after her matches I'm like, what did Yoko Bito do in that match? I, I she just does not stand out among the other people at the at the top of my rankings. I still think there's a thing where it appears the fact that she was in the tag match, it appears that they are in some way, but I don't know if behind her is the right word, but she I, I, is presented at least in some way as 
sort of above some of the other people that I've put lower on the list. Yeah, I'm not really basing mine on that. I'm basing it more on like, who do I think is is best at this point? Like, who do I think is most impressive and looks to have the most potential? I also do. I also do think not to negate your ratings, but sort of this middle. We talked about it last time, but this middle section of wrestlers, to me at least, is very flexible. You know, so when you said Yoko Bito, I have Yoko Bito higher, higher, but. I can't really make an argument because I guess I can see it in that they're all sort of in this clump of wrestlers who are not, I don't look at them and go, Oh yeah, they're really, really great. But I don't look at them and go, "Mm, they're not great. They're sort of in the middle where they're like, yeah, I see some good things, but I also see some bad things. I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. So who do you have fourth? Fourth? I have Arisa Hoshiki. Um, I don't know, four sort of in the middle. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of unsure about her in that, like I just mentioned, I see some good things. She's got some great offense. As I mentioned, those kicks look really good, but I don't, I don't really feel strongly that she's like really great. So that's why she's not right in the middle, but close to the middle. She's the, what would you call it? What's that called? Um, the median, the mean? The which one's the one? Because there are three above her and below her. That's the mean, right? That's the mode. No, the mode is the most occurring. Oh, I don't because know because mo nope. stands for most occurring. <laughs> oh, that that makes sense. The <laughs> the mean is the average, right? The mean. Uh, I'll type it in, but I can't just type in the word mean because that'll give me. We'll type mean, median. Mean, mean, median mode. Okay, here we go. What is mean? The mean is the, yes, it's the median. The mean is the average of a data set. The mode is the most common in a data set. And the median is the middle of the set, which, so she is the median. I'm really glad we figured this out, frankly. The more you know, the more you know. Uh, my fourth is Mayu Watani, of course. Um, uh, I just, for me, yeah, I've got Arisa Mayu and Yoko Bito in the same group. And for me, Mayu has jumped up over Bito at this point. Interesting. Number three, I have Yoko Bito. That's what I figured. That's what uh, I yeah. figured. I've got, like I've you got said, Arisa there. Yep. So we have sort of the same three wrestlers in this middle bunch in different orders, but I think we sort of feel the same way about all three of them, which is that they could very easily move further down or further up. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think at this point, Arisa is pretty clearly better than Mayu, but Mayu is just more compelling to me than Yoko Bito. Like, when I watch her, does she fuck up some stuff? Absolutely. But it's much more interesting. Yoko Bito, I just kind of don't even notice her sometimes. Anyway, what's your number two? Let's see if we still have the same. All right, number tier. two. This is, this is going to be the, the room-shaking one. My number two, Yusuke Aikawa. Oh, wow. The, the streak has ended. The streak has ended. She falls. From number one to number two, I just think you have these two shows. 
now it's obvious, so I won't even. I won't, it's not a spoiler to say Yoshiko's been in the main event. She that second of main event against Tayo. She had a great match. You liked the first match now more than I did, but I thought it was a fairly good match. So I think she's clearly rounding into the star of the promotion for me, which is what I thought. I thought Yusuke would be getting sort of these opportunities. She got that opening tag, but since then she's felt sort of like she's floating. Um, She's not main eventing. She was in this gauntlet where she couldn't get a pin. So to me, it's just a little bit down. I think that her offense is getting a lot better. Um, she had a, she did like a triple kick, like a low, medium, high kick in the gauntlet match, which I thought was really fun. So it's not based on her in-ring, just based on how she comes off to me, not appearing in these main events and more main events anymore, appearing in that three-way, which I thought was very sloppy. So she falls one position to number two. I also have Aikua number two and Yoshiko number one. Yes, I agree. Yoshiko seems to be the most focused on person. But also, as I said last time, I just still feel this way. Yoshiko is the most complete package. She knows exactly who she is, not just as a wrestler, but as a character. And she rules. Aikwa is still, it's insanely impressive how good she is for her lack of experience and coming from modeling. But she's just been left behind since, you know, all the way down to number two, since uh, the very first show when she was so insanely impressive. And I think that we would agree that both the two of them are far above the people lower on the list. You know, one person is three and one person is two. But I would say, I don't know, maybe you're about to say you disagree with me. But, um, like, to me, Yoko Bito is three, but Yusuke is far above her, even though she's only up one position on this list. Yes. I, I mean, to me, Yoshiko and Yusuke Aikawa are, I don't, they're probably still in the same group for me. They're pretty close. Uh, there's a pretty big drop between my three, four, five. So I agree with you. All right. Well, now that we've done that, I believe we've covered everything we intended to cover. I don't know how many new shows will have happened between now and our, our next episode. So we will, I would imagine we will still have a little bit of stardom from 2011 on the next show, but hopefully a little more new stuff that we can sprinkle in. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And if we do end up you know, or whenever we end up going back to um, sort of our regularly scheduled program. I know that I've enjoyed watching this stardom stuff, learning about it. Aaron, I know you've mentioned you have as well. So maybe even when we do that, maybe we can work out, um, you know, something where we continue to cover these very fun stardom shows. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, throwing a show, throwing one show onto the end of a normal episode or... Something. We'll try to figure something out. Yeah. All right. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at Audio. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Taylor is at Tay Mambo. Uh, subscribe to the show, please. Give us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Remember, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. And please don't forget to also check out, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, the episode of Wrestling Omakase that Taylor is on. In fact, as soon as you're done with this, go download that one 
and check it out for more Taylor talking Joshi. Okay. Yeah. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Glad Taylor agrees. Thanks everybody. And we will see you next episode. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.